Hey, man, what's up? All right, is this Cheetah Chrome? Everyone, this is another special bonus episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba. This is another mixtape episode where I invite a special guest to bring us a mixtape of songs. And I am really excited for the guest we have now. He is a punk rock legend from the Dead Boys, from Rocket from the Tombs. I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Cheetah Chrome. Welcome to the show, Cheetah. Hello. Gang, what's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just getting ready for this uh, 60 days of bad road I'm looking at here. <laughs> I know. I was, well, you better be, I hope you're eating your Wheaties and doing your sit-ups in the morning and, and stuff. <laughs> I don't know, but this time I usually start eating gas stations, you know, just eat gas station cheap burgers and live and play video games. That's all we do in the van anyway. Oh, right. Yeah, well, you already, I think time-wise you're good because you're already in, you're already up all night and sleeping during the day, so you already have that down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that never changes. That very, doesn't change very often. Oh, really? All right, so that's that's uh, that's just your life now. Always been an, always been a night eye. Well, probably because I'm on the road a lot, you know, but yeah, I get, I, you know, I don't like waking up during the day if I can avoid it. Yep. No, no, I hear you. Hey, that's uh, that's uh, that's why people be uh, get into rock and roll in the first place, right? <laughs> so they don't have to have right. a r- r- real job. Uh, yeah, so that's the uh, we're talking about the Dead Boys reanimated tour 2022, which I th- uh, from what I see it begins October 5th in Austin. Yeah. Yesterday. All right. We're down there for for a couple of days first. Oh, know? nice. Nice. And uh Jake's yeah. Jake's still part of that, right? Jake out? Oh, yeah. He's great. Jake's, he's great. He, he does a really great job. I, I replaced the three guys just because we had some issues on the last tour. So I got um, my old drummer, Chris Alon, is back on drums. Uh, I've got Les Warmer, uh, Warner, formed him really with the cold on bass. And I've got Monk Burris, um, who used to play with Les on guitar. And it's a really good lineup. I'm really happy with it. Oh, nice. Awesome. And yeah, and, and if you guys, if you want to go to facebook.com uh, slash Cheetah Chrome, that's the official Cheetah Chrome page where you could see it. And is, is there a site as well, like a website where people could check out the tour dates? Yeah, I'm still working on that because I, I, I let them close down just because I wasn't keeping up with them and you know right facebook and instagram are just pretty much taking over that kind of stuff you know yeah yeah we have a new dead boy site that's going to be going up for merch during the tour okay nice yeah that'll be like the official dead boys you know merch page and we'll have some other stuff on there just to keep you from getting bored you know it's not like we're just trying to go buy it or buy stuff or anything you know yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's great. You have uh, usually you have some good artists. I know that, that come up with stuff, and and it's cool, and and it's great. I'm really glad. I was worried, Cheetah. I'm going to be honest. I was a little worried because I hadn't heard you kind of dropped off the face of the earth for a while. And you know, when someone of your age, when you don't hear from them, what's the first thing you think? <laughs> yeah, it was you know, after the last tour. Um, you know, we've been out for like three years, pretty much. You know, better part of it, at least. You know. Um, yeah. I was just tired, came back, you know, moved back to Nashville, got myself set up in a new place and was uh, just kind of laying low because, you know, the whole COVID thing started. And right, right. Feels, you, know, you know, just felt it was best. And I mean, just toward it do it now was supposed to have happened four times before this. Oh, right, right, yeah. It just had to be postponed four times because of COVID, you know. Yep. Probably should this time because I, mean, I heard a two million cases last week, but I'm, I don't give a shit. I'm back. <laughs> so I'm the- <laughs> you'll be all right. I think you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I, I asked Cheetah to put together a mixtape. Of course, he didn't follow the rules totally, but, you know, you're, you're really passionate. You had these songs that you wanted to get in there, so you went a, a little over, but not that bad. But, yeah, like I, I was chatting before, I noticed that a lot of these songs, when I'm figuring the dates they came out, were songs that came out when you were, like, a teen, like a teenager. There, there, there are a lot of my favorite songs of all time, and it's, uh, you know, I think it's maybe a little some stuff in there that a lot of kids might not have heard, you know? Right. All right, so let's open up. Yeah, so he gave me, so let's do the first song. I mean, I, I, everyone's probably heard this song because it's a classic. And, and you know, uh, you started out with a Jumpin' Jack Flash, the Rolling Stones. This was like a single, like it wasn't actually on an album originally. It was 1968, uh, just released as a standalone single. Yeah. So do you think maybe you heard this first in uh, Cleveland as a teenager? Because I was, I did the math and you were 13 years yeah, old when this 13 came out. Or yeah, 13, something like that when it came out originally, yeah. Yep. So uh, so what uh, what station were you listening to in Cleveland? Oh, back then it was probably uh, either WIXY or CKLW out of Detroit. Probably CKLW audited towards what I heard it on. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, how could you not? You're a kid, and you're, I guess you're into rock and roll already, but uh, just uh, the opening. I was born in a crossfire hurricane, and I howled at my ma in the driving rain. I mean. There was nothing like that at the time, you know? There was nobody was doing anything like that at the time, and it just, uh, you know, woke me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, uh, still, you know, that song still fascinates me because it's recorded so well. 
just you know, just really, really, just a great song. You know, it's just one of the best rock and roll songs ever made. You know, yeah, it, it is. And then listening to it, it's funny. It's kind of hard to listen to it with fresh ears because, like I said, we've all heard it so much. It's just such a classic rock song. But then when you just sort of try and listen to it and imagine in 1968 when it came down, yeah, like you said, nothing else sounded like it, and it's so, it's so like rock and roll, and it's so good. I mean, plus like you're using like you know, there's acoustic guitars on it. There's a Nashville strung to it. A guitar on there. There's capos on there. The whole right. bits on there. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. That I was going to ask you because did you like when you were when you started playing guitar? What uh, were were the Stones like one of the bands that you would like learn songs from and try and figure out songs? Oh yeah, yeah. But but the Stones, it was hard because maybe if if you didn't know that like Keith was using like an open tuning, you may try and figure it out like on a regular tuned guitar, and it's kind of hard, right? Oh, it took me years to figure out how to play live. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, most of the time when I'm off the road, I tend to play more G-tuning and open-tuning to play slide than I do um, on the road. Like, I just, most people don't know I'm a good slide player, but I I just don't play with the Dead Boys because I don't have a place with it, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, and and that's actually really fun to play that, right? It's it's really fun playing on an open yeah, tuning with a slide. It's fun. You know, there's a fatty guitar that I don't usually play, and it just helps me learn, feel, you know, learn the instrument better. It's like one of those things you never stop learning at, you know? Yep. And so if I, you know, if I get bored, I just, I'll go pick up a guitar, find a song I, you know, like back then or, or even now, and uh, just figure out how they played it, you know? Right. All right, so your second, uh, so your number two pick. I was kind of surprised by this, but not really. The Beatles. I mean, obviously, someone your age. Why wouldn't you be a Beatles uh, fan? Uh, so you picked uh, the opening track to their 1963 debut. I guess in the UK it was "Please Please Me," and in the US it was introducing the Beatles. I saw her standing there. So, Cheetah, I, you were eight years old when this came out. <laughs> yeah, I was just starting to play guitar. Oh, nice, nice. So, did your like? Did you have any? Did you have an older brother or sister, or did, uh, did your parents listen no. to this, or it was just you? Did, no, you just grabbed I discovered it on my own. You know, saw the Ed Sullivan show and drove my mom nuts for a guitar. You know. Oh, nice. And then, um, you know, actually, she took me to see him in 1966, so I actually got to see the Beatles. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was, you know, 
I have fond memories of Beatles. To me, they were the first punk rock band, you know? Yeah, well, uh, once again, like I said, listening to it with, like, fresh ears, I saw her standing there, which it, on, on the surface you say, oh, it's just like a catchy pop song. But it's really, it, it, these guys really rock out, especially, like, Paul, like Paul's singing it, but he's got this, like, growl in his voice when he's singing it, right? And the uh, guitars on it, it it's... Rocking. Yeah, I love that song. That's one of my favorites too. You know, so. And and automatically when it starts with him counting out uh, one, two, three, four, I you know I think of um, one of my other favorite bass players, Didi. You know, singing uh, one, two, yeah. three, four. And I'm wondering, I'm thinking, he, uh, I, I thought, oh, I wonder if the Ramones uh, thought of that and like and sort of cop that. Oh, I'm sure they did. They were very aware of the Beatles too. That's why they called themselves the Ramones. Oh yeah, know? that's right. Yeah, that's right. You're right because. Uh, yeah. His name used to be Paul Ramon. Right. You're right. So that does make sense. Uh, yeah, so that's great. That's great to see that you're a, uh, you're a Beatles fan. Yeah, that's what my, my possibly would be like when once the plane was going down. I had to listen to something before I hit the ground. That might be the one. Ah, okay. I, now, I was wondering, was there ever a point, like, you, you loved the Beatles when you were younger, but was there ever a point, like, when you were playing, like, when you were getting into Dead Boys and all that, did you kind of put them aside, the Beatles aside? Because I know at some point it's, like, not necessarily cool to like certain things. Or have you always just, you're a fan of them for life? Usually with the Beatles, I, I, I've listened to them my whole life. But, I mean, after Abbey Road, yeah, I got sidetracked for a couple of years there. Right. But, um, you know, after I... But, you know, even when we were in New York, I mean, we all loved the Beatles. All of that boys did, you know? Yeah. You know, it was always natural to go back to it. When I had a kid, you know, it's like I had to teach him all about them. So. <laughs> right. As a good dad. I combined every, every Beatles record in every, uh, you know, platform since they came out. You know, I've had the, I bought the vinyl, then I bought the CD, you know? Right, right. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's, I just love the Beatles. All right. So now you get, uh, now you get a real, uh, garage. This is an American garage rock band, uh, question mark and the Mysterians 96 tears. when this song came out. So is this one that you maybe heard on, on the radio probably in Cleveland? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Almost all of them I heard on the radio first time, you know? Right. Um, but the 96 Cheers was very big in the Midwest, you know, because uh, Question Mark was from Saginaw, you know? So they... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so I mean, they were big Midwest uh, bands. So you were hearing it on, you know, all the radio stations all the time. It's just such a great riff, and the guy's voice is just so great. It's like, you know... 
Just a great punk song, you know. It it is, yeah. I'm listening to it, yeah. The way he sings it, and just the whole the whole um, premise of the song, like too many he's singing because you're singing about a girl, like too many teardrops. But it's like you're on top now, you know. You're you're laughing at me, but uh, eventually you're going to be down and you're going to be crying. Uh, Ninety six tears. It's just it's yeah. really yeah. <laughs> you know, the organ I had is so great, man. So great. I don't know how I played it. One, 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 first one forward, next one backwards. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. All right, so now and now you picked uh, th- this one was interesting. Born to be wild, stepping. Yeah. like a classic classic rock song always played on classic radio but um and it came out in 1968 and it was in the 1969 movie easy rider which i'm thinking you uh, did you see easy rider like in the movies or you were probably young still too young then right i, I think i saw it later i wasn't really interested in all it you know right right then. yeah I, I saw i saw a trailer for it and i don't know you know dennis, dennis hopper and peter fonda kind of we're a little too hipper now for me at, point, at that time. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and so then I just, uh, you know, I, I kind of waited a few years. And then when I saw it, I actually liked it a lot. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Well, I thought Hell's Angels on Wheels was better, though. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so Born to Be, I was, I'm listening to Born to Be Wild, and I'm thinking you maybe wouldn't have Sonic Reducer without Born to Be Wild, because I kind of hear... The, the seeds of that in, in that song in something like Sonic Reducer where it's got the uh it's got the, the you know the heaviness and then it's got that build up with the drums build up and everything and, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I hear that. Well that's the song that I inspired me to play lead guitar. Up till then I was playing uh well, you know, this is I had really experimented around with lead guitar and I didn't really get any good till I was about thirteen. But um that was the one that made me start with it, you know? Ah, uh, okay, okay. There's little licks in there, you know, they're so good. Yeah, they, they yeah, it is. It, 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 it's great. It's so good. And then uh, John Kay on uh, vocals too, killing it. Yeah, it's awesome. And and then you picked, and then you got a, a ten years after, which um, a good morning, a good morning, little schoolgirl.
I wasn't familiar with that. I only know, like, I always knew 10 years after from Woodstock, the, you know, the Woodstock movie, and then their, their great set doing uh, Going Home in Woodstock. That's how I knew 10 years after. Well, they were always a great blues band, and I was, I was big into the blues back then, too. So, that the album, uh, you know, SSSH, whatever it is. Yes. Or, you say, you right. know? Yeah. Shit. Stupid saying it, but you know, I wish I would have called it something else. <laughs> but um, yeah, that whole album was great. And Albert Lee was such a good guitar player that you know you just couldn't ignore him. And I just made it my job to learn everything he ever played if I could, you know. Oh yeah, I'm thinking because I because I was looking. You were 14. Came out in 1969. So you were 14, and it's yeah, the whole end part of it, just with his leads and everything. And it's great because yeah, it's blues and it's a Sonny Boy Williamson song, so it's a classic blues song. But he he definitely added more to it. It it, it like wasn't just straight oh, yeah. blues, right? Yeah, I was to tell you the truth. Back then, I was actually more than ten years after than I was was up because um, right, I right, right. Page, but they just the songwriting appealed to me better at the time, you know. Yeah. Of course, now I now I love uh, you know Led Zeppelin just as much. Right. The funny thing is, like. Boots of Nashville, one of the first people I met was Leo Wise from 10 years after. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. That was a nice side effect of that little move, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's uh, Music Town, right? You live in Music Town. Yeah, well, he's still out there. He's still out there doing it, too, so, you know. Oh, nice. I figure I still got a chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always nice to see someone older than you still doing it. That kind of gives you hope, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Trust me, yeah. <laughs> this point, yeah, it's you know, although I don't, uh, I don't feel as old as I should, I guess. No, no, I, I, I mean that's great. Yeah, you're. Uh, well, you, I hope you don't because you're getting ready. You're going out on <laughs> on a tour, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. Uh, you know, I maybe feel fifty. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So so now you got out. You had a couple of Alice Cooper songs because you you couldn't nail down the one. You said, "Well, you pick it." But it's like, all right, we're going to talk about both of them because "Long Way to Go." You picked "Long Way to Go" uh, from his third album, "Love It to Death." Yeah. And then uh, Halo of Flies from uh, the next one, the fourth one, Killer, which is, uh, Killer is like one of my favorite uh, Alice Cooper albums. Thank you. 
You know, I was into Alice Cooper early. Um, somehow I ended up with a copy of Pretties for You. Wow, really? That I like picked up at a bar, like a like a dollar bin or a cutout bin someplace, you know? Right, right. And, you know, that one actually, um, actually, that, I stole a fucking end of down in flames off of that. <laughs> oh, that right, director. that's right. I remember you telling me that before. Yeah, where uh, it was, uh, you know, this is a couple things in there where, you know, I think it's from BB on Mars or one of those songs that they start doing this, uh, this weird stuff. And I just, you know, it inspired me to do something crazy there. Oh, so that's cool. So you were a fan right from the start. Because I, my older sister, I remember she got into him during the uh, Welcome to My Nightmare, and I thought that was cool. And then eventually, when I was older, then I dug back to all of these early albums and realized, oh, my God, there's so many good early albums. Um, so it's, the, it, it, yeah, they're just so good. And they were good. I, I saw them live on the Love is Death tour, and uh, they were amazing. I mean, they were just great. I mean, they sounded just like that, except better and louder, you know? Right, right, right. And that's uh, so yeah. it was Glenn uh, Buxton and Michael Bruce, right? Yeah, yeah, it was the original band, the whole original band. Yep. And the second one you picked, Halo of Flies, I'm listening to it, and Cheetah, it, it's almost like prog, right? It's almost like prog. I mean, it's great, but it, it's almost like early prog music. Well, you know, there was nothing wrong with early progress. prog music. In my eyes, there was fucking right. shit that came up here, like almost ever like Palmer and that, which I mean. You know, that's fine if that's what they want to do, but it just, you know, it bores the fuck out of me, you know? <laughs> right, right. You know, it's just a little bombastic for me, you know, and all that. And, you know, they started taking my life, yes, for a while, you know, it just gives yeah. a good uh, Steve Hopkins drink, you know? But yep. then everything got, you know, next thing you know, it just all, you know, it was all about uh, you had to be this musician and they got all pompous about it and it was, you know, just boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I like a lot of prog too, but yeah, sometimes it's just, it's it's too much about the playing and not about the songs and like the the feeling what's going in there. So, uh, yeah, it's a fine yeah. line, I, mean, I guess, right? Very, very good technicianship, you know, but yeah, not much the way of rock and roll. Right. But these guys, <laughs> but these guys had it all, right? I mean, Alice Cooper's band, I mean, they had it all because they, uh, oh yeah, they yeah. could do anything, you know, and, you know, plus they had a couple of ringers in there with Hunter and Wagner playing on some of it, you know? Oh, yeah, right, right, right. So, I mean, you had some really cl- world-class shit going on with those guys. Well, always, I, I read something that Alice Cooper always gets the best side guys to play with him. Like, he always makes sure he hires, like, the best. Uh... Oh, yeah, he, he keeps an eye out for him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I got to be really good friends with Glenn Buxton, and, uh, actually bought uh, one of his SGs for him that he used on Love It to Death, you know? Oh, nice. And uh, I, that's what I did the second record with, actually. So the, the same guitar you hear on uh, Love It to Death and Killers probably the same one I used on uh, We've Come for Your Children. Amazing. If you, if you, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to ask if you still have that guitar, but probably not, right? Oh, he got broken by a girl. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Those damn headstocks, those Gibson headstocks, man, they they snap off so easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, they're, you know, this was a nice one, too. It broke my heart, but, you know, yeah. I didn't even mean? have the heart to fire the guy. Well, you know, it's an accident, you know? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> All right, so you picked one of two Stooges songs. Uh, you started with 1969 after their debut, which came out in 1969. <laughs> All right, 
Did like how did you first hear about the Stooges? Because did the Stooges get played on the radio, or did, did they come to play in Cleveland? No, this is a good story. Um, my mother wanted to get me an album for my birthday. You know, she was like, "What do you, what do you, what do you want for your birthday?" And I was like, "Oh, there's this band called The Illusion that had a song called oh, Can You See Your Eyes,' and I really like." I described the cover of the Illusion album tour, <laughs> and it turns out like the fucking cover of the Stooges album and the cover of the Illusion album look pretty much exactly like the background on the Illusion album was blue. Oh my god! <laughs> she brought me home the Stooges album, and I put that out. I was like, "Well, they look pretty cool. I guess I'll give them a listen." <laughs> right. I, I heard about them, you know, and I was like, "Oh fuck, this is this is better than the Illusion. I'll take this." Yeah, thanks, mom. You know. <laughs> Oh man, that is amazing! So your mom accidentally turned you on to the Stooges. That's awesome. Yes, my mother totally unwittingly turned me on to the Stooges. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, so you got uh, Ron and Scott Ashton, and uh, uh, produced by John Cale. Yeah, it's just it's so good. It's just I, I I try and imagine like then like in 1969 this coming out and I guess it's just too I, I guess it ended up they were just too much for people <laughs> I guess people even wanted rock, rock and roll I I don't know if you look at the videos and stuff from them back then they were great I mean you, you know they they played just as tight as they did on the records they were not a bad band at all Everybody right made right it sound right. Like and that was what I couldn't get was like, I was like, why is everybody putting this band down? Their music's great. They play great. There's nothing wrong. Right, right. With the, uh, you know, luckily around 73, you didn't feel that way anymore because they were starting, they were still together and they were still getting an audience, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, James Williamson had lots of party too. So it was, um, you know, they were very interesting and I loved them, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, they're coming up. We got another. There's one where you have a future pick. What, uh, speaking of uh, James Williamson. But before that, we get another another band, great band, maybe misunderstood in a way. We got the New York Dolls and we got Bad Girl. Yes. Come 
1973 debut. And every time I listen to this, so this, I, Cheetah, I didn't realize this album was produced by Todd Rundgren, or maybe I did and I forgot. Yeah, she's Todd Rundgren. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know. I've heard people say before that, oh, it doesn't sound good, it's shitty, but I don't know. I think it sounds great. I, I just think it sounds so rock and roll. I don't think he could have done better with those guys. Right, you right. What he had to work with, you know what I mean? And it, it was, you know, you saw them live, they sounded just like that. They were great, you know, and he kept it simple. Yeah, right, right. Kept it simple, but there's no. I mean, when you listen to that doll, that first doll, doll's album, especially Bad Girl, which is kind of a deep cut. But I mean, is is there anything more rock and roll sounding than than that? It's down to personal taste at this point, you know. And I just love, you know, I just love the doll. I, everything they stood for, they were great. They were, you know, wonderful bunch of guys and a wonderful bunch of players, and you know. Well, hell of a lot of fun to see live, you know? Oh, yeah. I could, yeah. I, I, I just, uh, I could imagine. And then, did you, like, I know, and then uh, Johnny Thunders uh, later went solo. You probably saw him play a lot in uh, New York, I'm imagining. Well, I saw I saw the Heartbreakers actually first time in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, I like them, too. Johnny was, you know, the funny thing was, like, you know, I learned later on that, like, a lot, you know, how a lot of the stuff on that album, you know, people think of Sunders is also is, is so vain too, because I mean, a lot of the times they were just taking it. You know, everybody whoever's at the studio would do whatever needed to be done. You know, right? And you know, they'd whoever play it. You know, which I mean, guys still do that. You know, the Beatles did it all the fucking time. You know, where you had you know you didn't have a job if Paul was playing drums and Ringo on a song. You know, it could be a single for five years before you find out of the Paul. You know? Right, 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 right. But yeah, but I love the Dolls, and they had to be on the list someplace. Yes, <laughs> and that's a favorite song. And that was my, when it first came out, that and Trash were my two favorite songs off the album. And then they, you know, they all grew around me. But those are the first two that hit me really good, you know? Yep, yep, I hear you. Yeah, no, it, it's great. All right, so now you got Velvet Underground. And I guess, I don't know, I guess I'm surprised that this is the Velvet Underground song you picked. But I mean, Heroin, you picked Heroin. Yeah, what do I? <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I, I just remember, like, I'm trying to think, like, when was the first time you heard this? Can you remember when you first heard this? Oh, I was probably 13 or 14, yeah. 
Right, so you heard it before you went, like, because I remember when I heard it, it, like, kind of scary, it was kind of scary, like, it was mysterious and scary, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't really understand what it was about. I mean, it's so devastating and haunting sounding, uh, and it takes you, I mean, later on, you you realize that it's, like, it almost takes you inside use and abuse of heroin, right? But uh, did you like, like, what did you think of it as, as a kid, as a teenager? Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was really, you know, um, a beautiful song. It is. It, it, it is. It's just beautiful. That's the thing. You know, it's, you, 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 the way makes it, you know, the way you use your voice, the part to describe it is just wonderful. It's fucking, um, you know, it's, by the time I was 13, I was actually pretty worldly for, you know, I'm, I grew up in the projects, you know, we oh, were, okay. you know. Juvenile delinquents, you know. So we had our experiences with uh, drugs. I mean, you know, I hadn't had any experience with, with heroin per se then, but I sure as hell had taken some fucking codeines, and oh, okay. so I knew what he was talking about, you know. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> you gotta, you know, also, you know, my grandmother was a paragoric acid, so. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, so those waters run run deep in your family. <laughs> So sometimes, you know, I mean, I was having to steal a bottle here and there somewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's still the one thing that always blows me away whenever I just sit down and listen to it. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, when you sit down and listen to heroin, you're just going to sit there and listen to the whole thing, right? And listen to it go from beginning to oh, end. Oh, yeah. There's no taking it off. So once you put it on, you got to finish it, man. Right. And it's still, Cheetah, it's like, it's like over 50 years old, and it still sounds ahead of its time like fresh and ahead of its time in some ways which well, is still crazy. Sounds scary <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah so i mean it's like yeah, but that one had to be on there for sure it did and lou i know you know cheetah i remember you i don't remember, I, I think it was in your book which by the way i wanted to mention the uh Cheetah, uh, Cheetah Chrome, a dead boy's tale from the front lines of punk rock, which is sadly, it's really hard to get now because it's out of print. It's hard to get. I think you could still get it uh, digitally, but it's really. It... We're solving that problem early next year. Oh, awesome. Because it's great. I'll tell you, I, I love reading. Got a book tour behind it. So. Oh, nice. I, I love reading uh, autobiograph- rock, uh, rock autobiographies and, and it's a great one. It's great because, you know, like I, I love it when people don't go, don't try to make themselves look good in it. And Cheetah does not try to make himself look good in this book. He's like honest. And there's much work involved. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. So he's brutally honest. But um, yeah, what I was going to say was that Lou Reed, Lou Reed wanted to produce the Dead Boys second album, right? Yeah, we discussed it several times (sighs) where he he really liked the Dead Boys and he thought, you know, as he put it, it was time he thought we should, we're capable of moving up another level, you know, and doing something more artistic and I did too. I was like, you know, hearing everything I wanted to hear, but Sire wouldn't hear of it because they were they're, they're, Richard Robinson produced his albums. Uh, and I was like, well, that's really short sighted because, you know, maybe somebody wants doesn't want to be sitting, somebody wants somebody sitting in a chair while they're playing doing the producing instead of doing it themselves because it's twice as much work. Right. You know, you'll get somebody whose ears you can trust. That's that's how good good music gets made, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, so I didn't understand that reasoning at all. How the hell he ever came up with Felix Kapolinski? I don't I know. know, you know? <laughs> I know. It's just, it's, it's like one of those things you don't even want to think about, right? Because it's like, oh, man. 
Yeah, I, I spent so much time for the waste of being pissed about that that I don't right, even, right. Okay, I, good. Well, let's move. Let's move on to that. Let's move on to a nice to a happy song that you picked. Uh, another Iggy. Uh, this is uh, credit Iggy in the studios. Search and destroy, which I feel like this is a song you had to pick, right? Search and destroy. into Johnny Blitz's place one day and he goes, look what I just found it, you know, down at the record rendezvous. And I was like, what? And he shows me the cover. And I'm like, holy fuck, that's the new Stooges album. He put it on and I was just like, no, so we must have listened to it like 10 times that day. You know, that was all we listened to for weeks. Right. And uh, we loved that. We just, you know, stuck it right in there with the rest of our MC5 stuff and all that, you know? Yep. And and now you got James Williamson on guitar, and I guess Ron Ashton moved over to bass for a while. But um, man, this one comparing like night to the first album to this, I mean, the first album is still like raw and rock and roll, but this just like rips your head off. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I was uh, when I'm putting the clip together, it's like I had to keep the fa- it was like just the entire song is just like you know when when you see the wave of the song, it's just a giant fat wave the entire song, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Now I, I I forget if I've asked you this before, but is there any the first line? I'm a street walking cheetah with a heart full of napalm. Is there any connection to that and your name? Um, well, kind of. I mean, I was you know that came out when I was in high school, and I used to run. <laughs> I got the, basically got the name cheetah because I used to play that song a lot. Oh, okay. You know, on my on my uh, little cassette thing that I carried around with me, and I had um. They made me take a sport in high school. I had to take a sport, you know. I had to join a team. They made me. They must just bust my balls because I was like the biggest juvenile delinquent <laughs> problem they had in the school, and right. um, had hair down to you know my elbows pretty much. And you know, I was I was just you know they hated me on sight because I was just a big, you know, like hippie. You know, I mean, I look like all the guys in Alice Cooper. You know, right, right, right. So I chose cross country. Oh. Oh, crack. Because I could run out. We used to drive, we used to run around the neighborhood in Cleveland, you know? So we would go and 
they take off and I follow them about three, four, five blocks. And then I zip down a side street, have a cigarette and go wait <laughs> And go wait for them on the next street to come by, and I just fucking put it back in with them, you know? Right. And so it became, because I used to do that, and they didn't, nobody would tell the coach, but they would, you know, how'd you get here? Right. <laughs> and so they started calling me Cheetah, too, you know, because it was a combination of those two uh, things. You know? Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. <laughs> so you are, in a way, you are the street, street walking Cheetah with a heart full of napalm, and uh, that, that, that tracks. That's <laughs> right. It does. Um, all right, so you got a, a dictator. This was interesting because you picked a, a dictator song, yeah, but from uh, uh, their second album, 1977's Manifest Destiny. But this song, Hey Boys, it's cool. It's very, un, in a way, it's undictators like because it almost sounds like one of those girl group, like tragic, you know, uh, lovelorn songs. Them, they were like, a, you know, such good friends. They were all, blood, you know, blood brothers, you know. And yeah. We got right with them. They were some of our best friends in New York City. And, you know, nowadays, it's like none of them play, none of them talk to each other. They're uh, all pissed at each other. No, that's They're all sucks. grumpy old <laughs> And it's, it makes me feel bad because they, you know, I know how much they used to love each other, you know. Yeah, And yeah. then we just them being up in the Bronx and I could just see them standing under, you know, <laughs> fucking bridge singing drinking tango and singing that song you know yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> it, it's great it's a really great song i didn't know like i said i i knew the i i know the first album and it's great and the, the dictators were always one of these bands where i wondered man they, their songs were like so catchy and so like radio ready i, I oh, they like, are the album's a big big favorite i mean trust me i mean i could have yeah. put on the off the first album right, right, there, right, but right. Goes, you know yeah no but the, but this one's cool because it's different and it's almost uh, like i'm almost thinking are they singing it like tongue-in-cheek in a way or are they totally are they getting into the whole like uh uh, you know the the Hey Boys thing, like because like I said, it sounds like something that the Shangri Las could have done, you know, or something like that. Well, I'm sure you know, God knows it that much, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, but it's it's good, and I feel like you were softening. Like as you were getting to the end of your list, your playlist, like you're kind of softening a little. You're getting because you started with all obviously the heavier the rockers, but now. But now we get a Tom Waits, like one of my favorite Tom Waits song, uh, Time. Smart money's on Harlem, and the moon is in the street, and the shadow boys are breaking all the laws. And you're east of East St. Louis, and the wind is making speeches, and the rain sounds like a round of applause. And Napoleon is weeping. Carnival saloon, his invisible fiancés in the mirror, and the band is going home. It's raining hammers, it's raining nails. It's true, there's nothing left for him down here, and it's time, 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 and it's time, time, time. It's time, time, time that you love And it's time, time, time And they all pretend they're orphans And the memory's like a train You can see it getting Uh From his 1980 Hey Cheetah, you finally got into the 80s <laughs> For this song oh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, oh, really? From Rain Dogs Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs Tom Waits. He, um, it's just the lyrics are so beautiful. I love the way he plays it on guitar. It's just a, a great song that means a lot to me, you know, touches me inside, you know? Yeah, well, I picture, I don't know, I'm projecting maybe, but I just picture you sitting, listening to this song, which is kind of like a sadly haunting, like, thing about, you know, about time and, and about, you know, life. And I picture you with a little cocktail just sitting, listening to it, and like a, a tear going down the side of your face. Because it's, uh, but I don't know, maybe I'm just, that's just me, but it is, it's it's really beautiful. It's such a beautiful song. No, it is, and I actually, I'm known to do a pretty good version of for an encore once in a while. Not, you know, I was going to say that. I'd love to hear that because your voice and his voice are similar, very similar. You have a sim- very similar singing style. So, I, yeah, I would love to hear that. I, w- I want to hear you sing that. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll hit Miami we'll do for an encore. Okay, and then, and then I'll be the one sitting with a tear running down my face then. Yeah, well, yeah I'll buy you It's beautiful. All right, so that was the 12 songs, but then she just said, Oh man, I forgot. I didn't put a sensational Alex Harvey band song. And I said, well, of course, punk rock, what's Cheetah, what's more punk rock than not following the rules? You know, I gave you rules, and of course, you're not going to follow them. So he picks a 13th song, uh, this song, Anthem. Away. 
let me chase the wild goose. Your progress is my desire. You shouldn't go me wrong. Although it's true, I'm worried now. I won't be worried long. So I don't know. All right, they're a, a Scottish. Just from reading, they're a Scottish rock band formed in Glasgow in 1972. But and I've heard the name. But how do you like? How does a kid from Cleveland get to know about the sensational Alex Harvey band? Because during the like around 72, 73, 74, they came over and did a United States tour. And Cleveland was one of their best received spots. Oh. And I didn't catch that first show, but I caught every show after that. And they were, they played like, you know, four or five just, uh, you know, legendary shows in Cleveland. And, um, you know, being of Irish heritage, which I can't follow off from being Scottish, you know? Right, right, um, right. It just kind of, you know, takes me home. And, you know, Alex had a, I mean, anybody's listening to, you know, he hasn't heard of Sentinational Alex Harvey Band. You owe it to yourself to go and dig them up. You know, you can find their stuff on Apple Music and well worth a listen. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. I mean, they're right there with the Beatles and Stones, if you ask me, and the Stooges and Alice Cooper, you know? Oh, nice. I mean, Zell Clemenson's one of my favorite guitar players. Yes, this song is one of my favorites. But there's so many good ones that I, I could, you know, picking one would be hard. Right. But this is cool. It, it, it's the it's actually the last song from the album that this one's on, The Impossible Dream. And it's really, it's a very theatrical song, Cheetah, right? Because it's got this long, like, martial sounding intro. And then uh, it, it, it's got this long outro. And are those bagpipes at the end, Cheetah? Do, do you think? Yeah. And Alex asked, he used to bring like six bagpipers from scotland with him that came on stage oh nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that ba- i don't know a lot of people hate bagpipes i i always love bagpipes I, I love bagpipes i love them i wouldn't want a neighbor to play them but yeah no. I love them, you know. <laughs> that's a good that's a good point that's a good point cheetah <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so Cheetah, one thing I, I've been wanting to ask you, because I know you have a teenage son now, that he's at the age that you were when, when a lot of these songs got into you. So is he, well, first of all, does he play at all? Is, is he a yeah, musician? Yeah, so he plays guitar, and he um, is into all kinds of, you know, music production. He went out and bought himself Pro Tools in one of his first paychecks from his job. And um, he's been working on that. I'm, you know, I teach him a bit here and there. And he's um he makes some stuff by himself. He's, he's got some songs that he's written, and uh, you know he's more to, along the lines of Little Peep, you know, something like that. Um, he uh, I guess maybe a little bit like fucking Machine Gun Kelly, but he's you know his music's not that fucking emo wimpy pussy shit. Okay, good. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't know, be so. okay with. That. I wouldn't be okay with that. Too. 
Um, I was yeah, thinking, golf. you know, I saw the last picture of him, which he, I saw him. I remember when he was little, but he's like taller than you now, and he looks like a mini Cheetah Chrome, like you when you were younger. I was thinking, Cheetah, you could eventually you could send start sending him out on the road. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> For you, and then you could just t- take the checks, maybe. He's going to own the name of it, so he can do whatever he wants with it, you know? <laughs> so, is he into, so he's into all kind of music, but he likes this, like, yeah. uh, this mixtape he would listen to, though. He would like this stuff, too, do you think? Oh, he'd probably say, oh, Dad, not this shit again. Oh, right, because he's heard it, yeah, his entire <laughs> life growing up. That's yeah. true. I mean, sometimes, yeah, kids got to uh, find stuff, their own stuff, and they got to come on uh, up to stuff. But he, he has time still. He grew up to listen to all this stuff in the car driving around when he was a kid. You know, we used to listen to the schools out every time when he get out of school. Oh, summer. nice, nice. <laughs> I used to pick him up at school, and then we'd go, and uh, we'd drive about 80 miles an hour down right. uh, the road here, and go out and have lunch someplace, blast the schools out over and over, you know? Nice. Good dad. You're, you're a good dad, too. All right, so... I try. <laughs> Cheetah, this was really great. I'm, I'm really, uh, thank you so much for, I'm glad I grabbed you before you went out, uh, you started your tour, which once again, this is the Dead Boys Reanimated Tour 2022, which begins October 5th in Austin, Texas. Yeah. We got the British Moon with us. We got the British with Susie Moon with us, which is going to be very fun. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, it's two bands I don't mind passing the torch to, you know? Yes, good. Yeah, well, no, and you, and like I said, you got a great, you always got great players, and it's great. You know, you, why not, who better to go out and do these songs? I mean, these, these great songs, and, and you, you got a great singer, and you're, and you're, and, and you're not just like going through the motions ever, and, and that's, uh, what more do you want, yeah, right? In our Pearl Jam being the only band to a sonic reducer. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know? Oh, it's, oh. Yeah. Can't have that. Uh, although they should yeah. be nice if they released it like on a on a proper release where you can just get some uh, residuals from that. Yeah, that would well, be nice. You know, that, yeah, I could use a, a new place to live right <laughs> yeah, that would probably. Be nice. It was great talking to you, bro. Yeah, it was great talking to you. And uh, take care of yourself, and hopefully we'll see you out on the road sometime. Oh, you'll see us in my in the spring you'll see us in the spring all right awesome all right cheetah don't forget everyone you could follow us on the usual places instagram facebook at that record got me high also that facebook group got me high on twitter it's at trgmh podcast you could email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com and if you want to become a patron of the show go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh cheetah thanks again so much this was awesome we'll see you all next time i'm rob elba (laughs) 